Good morning, Orlando. Glad to have you with us here on a chilly morning at 6 o'clock for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the acting attorney general is fired over Trump's executive order, and there's still no sign of weapons stolen from police cruisers. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. The Trump train fully loaded and rolling, and the Boy Scouts will now take transgendered kids. We'll talk about it all, and that's just our number one on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. The career federal prosecutor who had been acting attorney general is out. President Trump fired acting attorney general Sally Yates yesterday. Yates wrote in a letter to Justice Department lawyers that she would not enforce Trump's travel ban because she was not convinced the executive order was consistent with the department's obligation to seek justice and stand for what is right. The White House says Yates betrayed the Justice Department by refusing to defend the executive order it says was designed to protect Americans. Yates has been replaced by Dana Bente, who will serve as the acting attorney general until Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions is confirmed by the Senate. And we may have a committee vote on Sessions today uh, with a larger Senate vote later in this week. So this could be a, a short-term thing on the acting attorney general side of it. I will tell you why. The president of the United States, regardless of where you are on Donald Trump, had to do this. Coming up in a moment. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump unveils his pick for the U.S. Supreme Court tonight. Trump is scheduled to make an announcement at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Trump touted his pending choice while making some brief remarks at the White House. A person who is unbelievably highly respected. And I think you will be very impressed with this person. Trump will be nominating a successor to conservative Justice Antonin Scalia, who died last February. Former President Obama nominated Merrick Garland to replace Scalia, but Senate Republican leaders refused to consider the veteran federal judge during a presidential election year. Fort Lauderdale Airport shooting suspect Esteban Santiago is pleading not guilty to perpetrating the January 6th massacre. He entered the plea to 22 federal charges yesterday at the Fort Lauderdale Federal Court that will include violence at an international airport causing death for the killings of five travelers. Santiago was also moved yesterday from detention in the Broward County Jail to the downtown Miami Federal Detention Facility. And one thing, Bud, I know... uh, a lot of people are going to have questions about is why among these 22 federal charges were none of them terrorism charges? That's my big question, and I think I have the answer. I'll float that right here in one hour, Deb. As some disturbing thefts have local police considering some policy changes, guns were stolen from two locked police cars over the weekend. And these are no small guns either. An AR-15 assault rifle stolen from a patrol car in Eustace and a submachine gun stolen in Orlando haven't been found and no arrests have been made. Tavares Police Chief Stoney Lubin says he's considering requiring officers to bring their weapons inside their homes at night instead of leaving them in their cars. In other local news, a sad story. A little boy is in the hospital and his family might not even know it. The boy was brought to the hospital yesterday after he was hit by a car while riding his bike. It happened around 5.30 last night in Orlando at Piedmont Street and Paramore Lane. Police are looking for the boy's family and ask anyone who might know who he is to please contact them. 
And finally, another big story that Bud is going to be talking about this morning is the fact that the Boy Scouts of America are lifting their ban on transgender boys. Communications Director Effie Delamarcos announced Monday that the organization will start accepting applicants, quote, based on the gender identity indicated on the application. This ends the Boy Scouts' century-old process of using the gender stated on a birth certificate. Delamarco says shifting definitions of gender in each state is what led to the change. Yeah, we're going to talk about this because what it essentially means is if you have a child who is built like a girl but identifies as a boy, the Boy Scouts will now take that person in. And we're going to ask parents how they would feel sending their boys into an environment like that. And we'll get some calls and feedback in our um, 6.30 half hour, Deb. Wow, you've got a busy morning this morning, bud. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's like drinking from a fire hose. And, you know, that, that it's been that way with just all the Trump stuff, which is coming at us fast and furious. And now all of this other stuff. And we've also got in the show to talk about in the 8 o'clock hour, Trayvon Martin's parents are out with a new book. Yes, all, Resting all, in Power. It's released today. Yeah, it is. And they also express their desire to run for public office. And we will hear from them in the 8 o'clock hour. All right. So much going on. Let me get out of the way. <laughs> WF- well, y'all come back, okay? <laughs> <laughs> WFLA News Time at 6.06. Watch as Arnold Schwarzenegger calls Donald Trump's immigration order crazy. Online now at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on our hard radio. Yaffe at the controls. And, uh, Deb, I think, I, I, I think the message that I want to send to this former acting Attorney General Sally Yates, who's been canned by President Donald Trump, is you don't necessarily want to mess with a guy who's made famous by the signature phrase, you're fired. Yeah, no doubt. As soon as I saw the story last night on the news at 6.30 that Sally Yates had said she was not going to enforce it and that she was a holdover from the Obama administration, right. I literally looked at my wrist and went, and the countdown to being gig-free begins now. <laughs> and it didn't take long. The president no. had to do this. We'll talk about it in just a moment. And we'll take your calls as well as a whole lot more. The Trump train is fully loaded and then some we had to add a few cars for all the stuff that's going on and we'll lay it all out for you here in a moment you may find it we have a trump train careening toward a brighter future that's how i'm seeing it so far or maybe you think the whole thing is careening off the rails 407-916-5400 our text line 236 Eight zero. Let's go. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated here in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. And that now former acting attorney general is Sally Yates, uh, an Obama era appointee. There's about 50 of them still in key government positions as the transition is made from the presidency of Barack Obama to the distinctly different, to say the least, presidency of Donald Trump. They need to get rid of these people. You know what? This is like having a cancer that you've identified that could metastasize any time, and you don't go in and cut it out or zap it with radiation or chemo. Who would do that? you got to get rid of these people. He had to do this to Sally Yates, and I think she knew it was coming. And it's not just 
off his famous phrase from The Apprentice, you're fired. Um, It's more than that. The Constitution provides that executive power resides within the office of the President of the United States. And all of these other people like Sally Yates, they work for him. He's the boss. It'll be like me, Yaffe, saying to our great boss, Jim Poling, listen, I'm not doing three hours. I'm two hours, and I am out the door at 8 o'clock. Like it or lump it. He'd lump it. He'd say, I'm sorry. This is what the gig requires. You're doing three hours or you're out. Yeah, yeah, it's usually how it works. It does work that way in the real world, and it works that way in the Trump government. And 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 he had to. Otherwise, otherwise his, his power and authority, which is constitutional, would become completely undermined. And it's interesting that you're seeing the mainstream media liken this to what happened in the Watergate era with Nixon, the Saturday Night Massacre, where he canned both his attorney general and deputy attorney general but he did it because they wouldn't get rid of a special prosecutor who was investigating him for what we now know are the charges that forced him to resign in disgrace. This is not like that. It's not analogous to the Nixon thing nearly as much as it is to the Reagan thing. Early in his presidency in 1981, the air traffic controllers were ready to stage an illegal strike. The air traffic controllers was going to shut down and compromise the entire air travel system and national security along with it. He fired them all. He fired them all to assert his executive authority, which the Constitution provides. So that's what the deal is there. The SCOTUS pick tonight going to be exciting. Live at 8 o'clock on TV, three federal appeals court judges look like they are the leading candidates. Neil Gorsuch, Thomas Hardiman, William Pryor. Secondary possibility, Diane Sykes, although one member of the Trump team actually um, made it in, made it sound like it can't be her because referred to he's the one, okay? So Gorsuch and Hardiman, just um, in terms of background, very broad Senate support when they were confirmed for their appeals court judgeships a decade or so ago. Uh, Gorsuch, um, by voice vote, Hardiman, 95-0 in the Senate. Um, Pryor, somewhat controversial, as he backed a Texas law where he comes from that, that, that made a gay sex a crime. Actually, he's from Alabama. Will will face opposition. He was confirmed at 53-45, and uh, I just don't think it's going to be Pryor. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Gorsuch. I think it's going to be Hardiman, one of those two. So we shall see what else is going on i can tell you that the conservative group judicial crisis network yaffe has 10 million dollars set aside in a fund to run ads to get enough democrat senators from states trump won who are up for tough reelection bids in 2018 to run ads forcing their hand they need to get there's 9 of them they need to get 8 of those votes to get to 60 in case there is a democrat filibuster so that's the deal there yeah, that's a good idea. $10 million fund. They are ready to go hardcore on this to force their hand. You either want to stay in the United States Senate or do you want to follow in lockstep with Chuck Schumer trying to destroy the Trump presidency right. at every turn, okay? So there's all of that going on. Um, Trump has signed an executive order that if uh, an agency adds one federal regulation, they got to get rid of two in the process. I like that. 
and it is widely reported that maybe today he will sign another executive order taking the U.S. out of Obama's Paris Climate Change Accord. You know, the whole global warming thing. All right. He says it compromises our economy and our future too much. So we are looking for all of that. So where are you on the rumbling Trump train? Taking us to a brighter future at warp speed? Or about to run us off the cliff? 407-916-5400. I vote for the former. I like what I see. Text line 23680. I had a short form and a little more than I like here to get all the um, activity on the Trump train in for you. I, I, I hope you have the essence of it. I'd like to know how you're reacting to all of this. And here is Pete in Claremont. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, guys. I'm loving life. This is what I voted for and was hoping that he would actually do. The thing that gets me is that the seven states in uh in the Muslim world that Obama deemed as terrorist states are the ones that he put a 90-day stay on just to check and a 120-day stay on refugees so that we could do proper background checks to ensure our safety that they're not terrorists and people are losing their minds. And I I, I don't see a problem with that. I don't see a problem with it at all, Pete. I'm with you. Now to Rob, and thank you, Pete. Here is uh, our caller from St. Cloud this morning, and good morning to you, Rob. Good morning, sir. Uh, Trump was my last Republican pick, but he should have been my first. This is shocking awe. I love the snowflake blizzard. They're going nuts. This is what he just keeps coming at them. This is awesome. Shocking awe like the first night of the first Gulf War, right? Amen. Amen. And Obama, I thought Obama would last more than a month. I knew he wouldn't last eight years like George Bush, but... Not even a month, and he's already commenting how class was. Oh, come on. It's out. I knew he wouldn't be able to shut up and step aside, even though he said he admired George W. Bush for getting out of the way and not always commenting on what he was doing when they they passed the baton one to the other. And and he's lasted 10 days, and last night he's blasting um, the the immigration order, all in the name of saving this country from from terrorism. That is the Democratic Party today. They just cannot, they just cannot deal with reality. They, they live in, a, in an alter reality. Well, I'll wait until you see shock and awe from the other side, because war is going to be declared on the Supreme Court pick tonight, and watch for it. This will be interesting. I thank you for that. Let's go to Yaffe. Yaffe, what about the text line, and where are you on all of this going on as the Trump train picks up even more speed? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I was sitting here thinking... Uh... You know, reflecting on what's happened in just the past week. It's only been a week, and it's already been kind of crazy. Yeah. But it's funny. It's the things that he's not getting a lot of ten- attention for that I really like the most, I've noticed. What's that? Like him getting rid of regulations, him saying you have to get rid of two for every one you implement. Right. To me, that's a huge deal. And that's- then freezing, hiring of federal workers. Those are the things that aren't as controversial and not getting as much attention, but those are the things that I'm like, I get most excited about yeah. and think we really need. So I find it very interesting. And what's coming in on the text line? Um, yes, one person said Trump is riding the sinking Titanic ship known as the USA. Painful for the libs, but great for the USA. Another person says, choo choo, all aboard. So there you go. I think, <laughs> I think, I think they're excited. Another person says, trip, uh, Trump train is saving America. Not happy with Rubio's commentary, which uh, Deb played in her news. Uh, um, said he emailed Rubio's office, hasn't got a response. But I guess Rubio is a little critical of Trump. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I still think he's burned because he just got blown out of the presidential race. I'm telling you, if you could waterboard Marco Rubio, <laughs> I think there's some of that going on. Uh, you know, he's bitter, sore loser, yada, yada, yada. Boy, there's a lot more to come on all of this. We're going to get into the Boy Scouts now deciding to take – it's okay to take transgendered kids who are built like girls but tell you they're a boy and so they get green-lighted into the Boy Scouts. If I had a kid going into Boy Scouts, I'd pull him out. I've got an alternative for you. We'll talk about it and we'll hear from the head scout on this radical change in 100 years of tradition in the Boy Scouts. And once again, let's check in with Deborah Roberts and get up to date at the news here at the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour. Deb? Thank you, bud. Longtime federal prosecutor Dana Bente has been sworn in as the acting U.S. Attorney General. President Donald Trump named Bente yesterday after firing acting Attorney General Sally Yates for publicly questioning the constitutionality of Trump's refugee and immigration ban and refusing to defend it in court. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the meantime, they should either get with the program or they can go. That's what White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer is saying about a large group of American diplomats who are voicing dissent with President Donald Trump's temporary travel ban on citizens from seven Muslim-majority countries. Yesterday, Spicer dismissed the criticism from what he called career bureaucrats. Spicer said, quote, this is about the safety of America. In other news, you know, Bud and I kicked off the new year by getting very, very sick myself with the flu. And of course, a cold or flu can sometimes easily turn into something more serious for the elderly. Dr. Ronan Factora says staying hydrated is very important when anyone gets sick, but especially seniors. Early on, if you have any sort of infection, viral infection or influenza, the biggest problem is really not drinking and eating enough. So dehydration can lead to a lot of problems. People will be lethargic. The blood pressure will go down and it can really lead to some serious complications. Dr. Factora says changes in immunity that happen as we age can reduce a person's ability to fight off viral infections. He says the flu tends to lead to the most complications for seniors, especially if it develops into pneumonia. He says there are certain bacteria that produce pneumonia, which can lead to a higher risk of hospitalization and even death. The open enrollment period for Obamacare wraps up today. According to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, nearly 9 million people have signed up for 2017 health care plans through the Federal Marketplace website, healthcare.gov. The end of open enrollment today comes as Republicans in Washington are taking steps to find a way to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. And a new study says children whose families own pets often feel closer to the animals than they do to their brothers and sisters. British researchers studied 12-year-olds from nearly 80 families. The kids reported fewer conflicts with the pets than with their siblings and more fun playing with their pets. Researchers say it's possible that pets have great influence on children's development and can benefit their social skills as well as their emotional health. Finally, in sports, the Magic were cut down 111 to 105 in overtime by the Timberwolves in Minnesota last night. Orlando has now dropped four of its last five games. WFLA News Time, 635. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Good stuff, Deb. Thank you so much. My partner and uh, co-host here in Good Morning Orlando, Deborah Roberts, keeping us up to date on the news. Top and the bottom of the hour, full updates, breaking news whenever it happens. Yaffe running the show flawlessly in the control room, at least so far. Let's switch now to New York City in the Bloomberg newsroom as we bring in Adrian Mitchell for the Bloomberg Business Report for Gina Cervetti this morning. And good Tuesday morning to you, Adrian. 
U2-bud stocks look to extend their losses a little bit at the opening bell. S&P futures are down about three points. Dow futures down 25. NASDAQ futures down eight the morning after the Dow retreated from the 20,000 mark as investors worried about the president's travel ban. Earnings to be top of mind again today on Wall Street as well, with companies from UPS and MasterCard to Harley-Davidson scheduled to report. And after the bell, Apple. Very interesting there. You know, um, the iconic Peanuts franchise has uh, caught the attention of Bloomberg this morning. I guess the headline is that Snoopy's Doghouse may soon have a new address and the rest of the gang, Charlie Brown and company as well. What's going on, uh, Adrian? Yeah, and, th- and that address may be in China. This is a report from Reuters. They've got the exclusive on this. The company that holds a majority stake in Peanuts Worldwide is looking at a possible sale. Now, this is three months after MetLife dropped Snoopy, Charlie Brown, and the rest of the gang. That was a big hit to Iconics brand group's revenue. The report says Chinese companies are among the possible buyers of Peanuts, U.S. media, and licensing assets. They generate about $30 million a year in earnings. I'm actually surprised it isn't more. Uh, We looked it up here. The creator of Peanuts, Charles Schultz, has been gone. He died like in the year 2000. Right. And, 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 And it's still just an iconic part of Americana with a worldwide presence, as you've just shown. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. But, you know, nobody is making new comic strips. Those ones in the paper now are, are the classic ones. And yep. that was how the uh, the estate wanted it. Yep. And, and, and it works for me, I'll tell you what, <laughs> and a lot of folks as well. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, high-speed shipping um, has, has become a staple of uh, Amazon with their Amazon Prime. And Walmart has had a version of it, but they're making news on that front this morning. What can you tell us, Adrian? Yeah, they're just scrapping that version. It's it's called Shipping Pass over at Walmart, pretty much its version of Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. But now it says that if you want free two-day shipping at Walmart, you'll just have to go back to buying a certain amount of stuff. Uh, but they're lowering that amount to $35, down from $50. And Walmart says it's going to refund the $49 annual fee that current members of Shipping past paid. The online operations chief over there says today two-day free shipping is what he calls table stakes, and it just doesn't make sense to charge for it anymore. Very interesting. And finally, you know, um, movie houses like Disney and some others have been eating Sony's lunch, and apparently uh, Sony's about to try and do something about it. What's going on there? Yeah, the CEO is coming here from Japan. He'll be in Culver City, California, and plans to now spend about two weeks every month at the studio. This is according to a person familiar with his plans. Sony has been feeling the effects of some box office flops and the big cyber attack they had, and its studio chiefs resigned. And this week it said it would take a billion-dollar write-down. Disney and other rival studios have certainly been spending bucks on their movies, billions of dollars, and box office winnings are now being kind of divvied up among fewer, mm-hmm. bigger budget films. So an analyst with FBR is telling Bloomberg that major studios are going to have to make big investments and swing for the fences, as he puts it, just to get us to show up at the movies. We'll see how it works out. And thank you so much, Adrian. Uh, always does a great job for us when she joins us on the Bloomberg Business Report for uh, Gina Cervetti, who's taking a little bit of time off. You have a great day, and we'll catch you tomorrow morning, same time. You too, bud. You bet. All right. Good deal. Now, major news from the Boy Scouts. Blockbuster news overnight that caused me to take this part of the show and rip up the lineup and redo it. Are you ready? The Boy Scouts are now going to be taking transgendered kids. These are 
Kids built like girls, born as girls, but who now feel like they are boys. So they're in the Boy Scouts. Moms and dads with your boys in scouting, how are you with that? Okay? Or will you pull your kids out in a heartbeat? And what do you feel about this change in a 100-year tradition of the Boy Scouts only being for boys? I've got problems with this, and we'll talk about it in a moment. I want to know what you think, and I will hear from the big kahuna in the Boy Scouts of America in a moment. That in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, moms and dads, have you got your boys in a Boy Scout troop, or you're contemplating putting them in the Boy Scouts? Now they're going to be in there with. Boys who really are girls but now feel as though they are boys, and so that's the way it's going to be. Will you allow your kids to stay in Boy Scouts, or will you pull them out? 407-916-5400, if you want to comment on this, I'm going to give you some more background on this announcement because it's a real blockbuster, and our um, our toll-free is 23680. I want you to listen now to Boy Scouts Chief Scout Executive Michael Serbaugh on the Boy Scouts with this stunning announcement that a kid doesn't have to be a boy biologically to join anymore. They just have to say on the application they feel like they're a boy, transgendered if you will, even if they were a girl at birth and are built like a girl now. In other words, for the first time in its long history, the Boy Scouts of America will start accepting transgendered kids even though Serbaugh, I noticed, never once said transgendered in his entire announcement, here are some excerpts. For more than 100 years, the BSA, along with schools, youth sports, and other youth organizations, ultimately deferred to the information on an individual's birth certificate to determine eligibility for and participation in many programs. After weeks of significant conversations at all levels of our organization, we realized that referring to birth certificates as the reference point is no longer sufficient. Starting today, we will accept registration in our scouting programs based on the gender identity provided on an individual's application. I think maybe I'm just old-fashioned, but I think this is going to kill the Boy Scouts of America. I think people said, all right, we're allowing gay, gay boys or gay troop leaders or whatever a couple of years ago, but this whole transgendered thing. And that issue was raised in a press release I ran into when I came into the station this morning from conservative John Stemberger locally. He's the president of the Florida Family Policy Council. He's also chairman of the board of Trail Life USA, which is a Christian alternative to the formerly really Christian Boy Scouts, which seem to me to be somewhat less than that now. And he raises the issue, you know, Knowing that boys and biological girls will be showering, dressing, and camping in tents together creates a clear child protection issue, which is being ignored here. It's simply stunning that a leading youth organization which parents entrust the protection of their children with has opted to again appease political activists rather than follow clear, common-sense best practices for child protection. John Stemberger, you have never been more on. Untold thousands of boys in the scouts are now going to be directly exposed, he writes, to the serious psychological confusion that is characterized by those claiming to be transgender. Have compassion for these people as screwed up as they are. Instead, 
Stenberger goes on, the Boy Scouts of America encouraging and facilitating a recognized mental disorder that has far-reaching consequences to the health and safety of children. I mean, come on. I think a lot of folks are going to opt for the Christian alternative church-based to the Boy Scouts, Trail Life USA. They have chapters all over uh, Florida and Central Florida. I mean, close in here in Metro Orlando, there's there's one in uh, Maitland at the Orangewood Church where we used to attend, and um, and LifeBridge Church down in Windermere. The organization is Trail Life USA. You can Google it and find a chapter. They're all over the place, and they're in most states. Uh, I think this is really going to hurt the Boy Scouts, and I think it ought to hurt the Boy Scouts. And if I had boys of scouting age, I would not put them in to the Boy Scouts of America. Not with this ruling. I simply wouldn't do it. You imagine these camping trips? These 10, 11, 12-year-old kids just coming of age, and all of a sudden they're showering and dressing with people who claim they feel like boys, even though they were born girls and they are built like girls today? I don't know. Do I need to get with the program and the 21st century here? Or is there anybody else who feels the way I do? Yaffe's got a take on the flip side of this. And what about the Girl Scouts taking transgendered kids? We'll get into that and your calls and text messages, 407-916-5400. And um, you can, uh, that's the phone line, 407-916-5400. Obviously, and the text line is 23680. Let me hear from you on this. It's, it's, it's breaking news and it's important news. It really is, I think. Boy Scouts is now going to take transgendered kids. They're girls at birth. They're built like girls now. But they can be with the boys because they identify as being male. Moms and dads with kids of scouting age, what do you think? Good morning, Justin. Good morning from Oviedo. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. So, uh, as a father and, you know, as a boy growing up, and Boy Scouts. I mean, it was it was a, an opportunity for fathers and sons to to bond and to learn, you know, survival techniques and just be, you know, learn how to be men. And then now here it is. You're going to introduce this whole opposite side into this establishment that has been around for so long. I mean, I, it, it's just confusing. I just don't get it. Bring it down to the personal level. Would you let your boys, if you have boys, become members of the Boy Scouts now that this is the way it's going to be? Well, I have a son. He's two years old, and me and my wife were actually looking into getting him into Cub Scouts. And come to find out, they don't even accept um, Cub Scouts up until they're like six years old, I think. Yeah. So I don't know I what mean, it I've is. But... Some, I've got some time on that, but, I mean, with this, no, I wouldn't put my son in it. Thank you, um, Justin. I, I got to scoot here, but thank you. You made a good point. Several of them. Uh, I would, I would, folks, I would look if you feel like Justin does and like I feel – you take a look at uh, Trail Life USA, okay? Church-based, Boy Scouting-type organization, okay? Well, you're not going to find that. Yaffe, what do you got? Uh, yeah, you were you were asking earlier about the Girl Scouts. Yeah. And what the, the Scout, you know, I would probably be more concerned of my girl and Girl Scouts than the transgender Boy Scouts, although I'd be concerned in both situations. Yeah, in other words, but, you'd, uh, have, you'd have the girls in with... Um, People who were born boys and are still built yeah, like exactly. boys but are saying they feel like they're girls. Yeah, and that I was my f- 
first thought is that the Girl Scouts, do they have a similar policy? So I looked it up, and uh-huh. turns out they actually do. According to the Girl Scouts website, um, they say placement of transgender youth is handled on a case-by-case basis with the welfare and best interests of the child and the members of the troop group in a question a top priority. That said, if the child is recognized by the family and school slash community as a girl and lives culturally as a girl, then Girl Scouts is an organization that can serve her in a setting that is both emotionally and physically safe. So they've gone in the same direction as the Boy Scouts, and they did this a couple of years ago. Ahead of the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And apparently there was a petition a couple of years ago to get them to stop that, but it, nothing ever happened with that. Yeah, we got to get you married off first, and we're always working on that here on, uh, on Good Morning Orlando. But look ahead in your <laughs> life. You're married, you have boys. What right. about it? Do you let them in the Boy Scouts or not? Um, Probably not. Um, the transgender thing really just drives me crazy. It's unbelievable. But if there was a good Christian organization that's similar, that actually taught real Christian values, like what you said, the organization Trail you Life USA? Um, I would definitely consider putting them in that if they wanted to do that. Yep. Okay. We wanted to, to go with this because it was breaking news overnight, but we got so much to do over the next two hours. We're going to have to move along. Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. We're glad you've joined us for the latest on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the acting attorney general is fired over Trump's executive order, and Governor Scott unveils his new budget. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And why no terrorism charges? against the Fort Lauderdale Airport mass killer. We'll explore that next for you on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Sally Yates is out as the nation's acting attorney general. President Trump fired Yates yesterday. It happened after she wrote in a letter to Justice Department lawyers that she wouldn't enforce Trump's travel ban because she wasn't convinced the executive order was constitutional. New acting attorney general Dana Bente is ordering the Justice Department to defend President Trump's executive order on travel and immigration. Trump appointed Bente last night. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, a new executive order from President Trump aims to cut some of the red tape. The small business has been treated very, very badly. As you people know better than anybody, it's almost impossible now to start a small business. And it's it's virtually impossible to expand your existing business because of regulations. The order directs federal departments and agencies to cut two regulations every time a new regulation is created. At an earlier event, Trump vowed to go after the Dodd-Frank bill that reformed Wall Street after the 2008 financial meltdown. He called the legislation a disaster. Back here in Florida, Governor Rick Scott starts the morning by releasing details of his new state budget. He's calling on Florida lawmakers to approve more than $600 million worth of tax cuts. Most of that would go to business by eliminating the sales tax they pay to rent office or factory space. We're the only state in the country that taxes commercial leases. We have a sales tax on commercial leases. It's putting our small business at a competitive disadvantage. Scott is also asking lawmakers for $85 million worth of incentives to help Enterprise Florida lure more businesses to the Sunshine State. Hundreds of Google employees walked out of their offices and staged a rally on the tech giant's Silicon Valley campus Monday. 
The scene was repeated at Google offices worldwide as an estimated 2,000 workers rallied against President Trump's travel ban. Google co-founder Sergey Brin told workers at his Mountain View, California headquarters that many people are outraged no matter how they voted last November. Brin and his family came to the U.S. as refugees from the Soviet Union in 1979 as they fled persecution against Jews. Google CEO Sundar Pichai, who's an immigrant from India, told the crowd, quote, the fight will continue. Google and its workers have raised more than $4 million for immigrants and refugees. Finally, Google is also honoring a man who defied a presidential executive order. Fred Korematsu was the subject of yesterday's Google Doodle. Maybe you were like me, uh, opened up a web browser, saw the Google Doodle, and were thinking, Well, who is that guy? Who is that guy? I've been wondering that the whole time. Tell me. Well, he fought against Franklin Roosevelt's order that confined Japanese Americans to internment camps during Uh World War II. A 1944 Supreme Court decision upheld his conviction for defying uh, defying Roosevelt's order. It would be 40 years before it was discovered the U.S. government had withheld evidence that his detention wasn't justified. Korematsu's conviction was then overturned in a San Francisco federal court. Yesterday would have been his 98th birthday. So, so Google is making a political statement here, pegged, I guess, to the Trump executive well, order. Yesterday with the, the Google Doodle, every time I launched a new web browser, I kept thinking, who is the, the subject yeah. of this you know, Google Doodle? And just never really had the time to go and do the research, but I was wondering who it was. So. I was looking. I thought it was an aging Mike Yaffe, like projected <laughs> like thirty years in the future or something. Did you see that Google Doodle? No, I didn't see. Now I have to look and see. Um, <laughs> yeah. if it looks like me. And how insulted you're going to be? I right? was going to say I would think it looks more like our sports director Tom Morgan in about twenty, thirty years. Yeah, it but could be. Uh, yeah, so but but take a look at it. It's Fred Korematsu. Got it. So now you know. WFLA News Time 707. Read about a college student mistaking covered lab equipment for a KKK member. What? In her defense, the way the lab equipment and the sheet that was covering it was positioned in front of a window. <laughs> hey, you know, if you see something, say something, right? Well, I know seeing is believing. Where do I go to connect with this? Online now at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Well, you sucked me in on that one. I'm going to go check our own website here in a moment. All right. The Bud Man and the Deb Meister with Yaffe at the controls with a Good Morning Orlando Tuesday edition for the Frontgate Realty Studio. You visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're on WFLA News Radio 1025 WFLA FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Something really missing from that indictment of the Fort Lauderdale Airport mass killer. The guy who says he did it in the name of ISIS? Where were the terrorism charges? We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, what was missing? What was missing in the indictment charging Esteban Santiago with the mass killings at the Fort Lauderdale Airport the very beginning of this month? What was missing? There are reams of evidence that this guy is a terrorist, and yet none of the charges were terrorist-related. How in the world did that happen? We'll get to that in a moment. I smell a, a federal government rat big time. 
What do we know about Esteban Santiago? Other than that he's clearly the killer, even though he's pleaded not guilty. We've got him on video firing his gun at people. We got witnesses all over the place there, the ones that survived and scrambled for their lives. We know he was an Iraq war veteran. We do know that. We do know that he had some kind of post-traumatic stress syndrome and problems and behavioral issues. We know we know more than that. We know that Esteban Santiago and the mainstream media, you know, is, does all they can to and and in the Obama regime in its closing days did all they could to deny the reality that this guy is a Muslim convert who years before joining the army took on an Islamic name. He downloaded terrorist propaganda. He was doing it right up to the end. There is a photo that surfaced. I'm sure you've seen it by now. Santiago making an ISIS salute with one finger and uh, wearing a Palestinian Arab scarf, which is kind of a, 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 a war garb. At a bond hearing at a South Florida federal court last week, an FBI special agent with a joint terrorism task force testified that Esteban Santiago carried out the attack on behalf of ISIS. That Santiago had communicated with Islamic terrorists who were planning attacks on internet jihadi chat rooms. And yet, this 22-count grand jury indictment, to which he has pleaded not guilty on all counts, fails to mention terrorism. Curiously, even though that indictment was issued after the Joint Terrorism Task Force FBI agent confirmed Santiago's ISIS ties in court. Isn't this incredible? How do you explain that? This guy is obviously a terrorist, obviously acting, inspired by ISIS, acting in the name of Allah, to kill infidels. Could have done it anywhere. Did it at the Fort Lauderdale airport after coming down here from Alaska. I think the federal government, and I hope that this will change under the under the Trump regime just taking power, is invested in minimizing the reality of radical Islamic terrorism on American soil. Make it anything other than terrorism. If you're going to charge this guy, find something else to charge with him, but don't put terrorism in the indictment. They want to deny the reality to give us some kind of a false sense of security, also to look like they have not failed in their mission of protecting and defending the American people from radical Islamic terrorism. So he gets charged, are you ready? With five counts of causing death at an international airport, six counts of causing serious bodily injury at an international airport, five counts of causing death during a crime of violence, and six counts of using a firearm during a crime of violence. Yaffe, not one reference here in this entire 22 pages to charges terrorist-related. It's outrageous. Can I tell you, bud, I was so confused when I when I heard that he wasn't going to be charged with terrorism. I thought that would be a no-brainer slam dunk that's added. And then it's like, what? He's obviously. How else do you explain this? other than the federal government, and particularly during the Obama regime, and I guess there's some holdover now, although it's so early in the Trump regime, I can't pin this on them. 
that, that, that they are just simply going to twist themselves in knots to deny the reality of radical Islamic terrorists among us. It sure seems like it. I mean, this happens over and over again, you know? Jeez, incredible. Want to talk about it? 407-916-5400. Do you smell that stinking, lousy federal government rat that I smell? I mean, it's pretty big smell, so pretty to, harsh smell. Hard yeah. to miss. You, you can know? smell it from here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's in Washington, and I can smell it from here. Two three six eight zero. What do you think? Do we have it right or not? Sorry, I'm stumbling around here just a little bit. I was trying to lay my hand on the full stack of stuff on the uh, related to the Trump train, which is really roaring down the tracks right now. Uh, but on the issue of the controversial travel ban from these seven countries in the Middle East, Muslim-majority countries that have caused all kinds of problems, even the Obama regime identified these seven, okay, as trouble areas for terrorism, even the Obama regime, this controversial um, travel ban order that is temporary and is not a Muslim ban and leaves out 46 of the 53 majority population Muslim countries on the planet, by the way, is simply confronting an acknowledged reality about the way particularly this branch of radical Islam operates that we know as the Islamic State, a.k.a. ISIS. Headline in the Daily Caller, Islamic State finds success infiltrating its terrorists into refugee flows to the West. This is just what Donald Trump is trying to protect us from. The Islamic State has planned to infect refugee flows to the West with mass killers and that has had some violent success. Actually, this part of it is out of the Washington Times. Now listen to this. Where is it coming from? Not just the pen of some right-wing hawkish conservative. The CIA said last year that the terrorist group ISIS' official strategy is to hide its operatives among refugees entering Europe and the United States via human flows out of the Middle East and North Africa. This is why extreme vetting the president says we have to have but don't have is absolutely essential to weed these people out from the general population of Muslim refugees who would not be a threat to anybody. Wow. And then a chapter and verse in the Washington Times here on how many of the major terrorist attacks from uh, Paris to Berlin to Brussels to Germany and some in the United States have um, direct ties to these nations with radical Islamic terrorism running rampant. Now, there you go. That's from the CIA gang, and that's what the president's trying to protect us from. I do not understand these idiots of the media and the and these people who are just protesting. They do not get the reality of what's going on out there. So we got the um, SCOTUS pick coming tonight at 8 o'clock. I think it's going to be either Neil Gorsuch or Tom Hardiman, uh, two terrific conservative appeals court justices who sailed through Congress for the uh, confirmation hearings a decade or so ago for the jobs they now hold. Trump yesterday signed an executive order that agencies want to add a regulation. they got to take two out, okay? That's a terrific thing. Apparently today he may sign an executive order taking us out of that cockamamie global warming Paris climate change treaty. We're not going to be a party to that, and Obama was so invested in it. He says it just will cripple our economy and our road to energy independence and prosperity. Lots going on 
with the Trump train. By the way, the acting attorney general from the Obama regime, Sally Yates, he had to fire her. Otherwise, he would have he would have lost credibility and his executive authority, which the Constitution gives him, would have been completely compromised and undermined. He gave her the hook. She must have known it was coming. I'm sure she just wanted to grandstand, but she is gone. Well, Hattinger, Deborah Roberts and the rest of the Good Morning Orlando team joining you on a Tuesday here, and we're glad you're joining us from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540, and yes, nationwide on iHeartRadio. Deb, um, the Trump news just keeps on coming almost faster than we can manage it. And uh, I guess we start with the top Trump-related story this morning. Yeah, we uh, stop. We start with that one. But, of course, as you said, Bud, the news just keeps coming fast and furious. I refer to it like I'm drinking from a fire hose. It's <laughs> exactly. almost more than you can take in. And that's actually a very good uh, – it paints a great word picture. <laughs> it sure does. Today's big story is the career federal prosecutor who had been acting attorney general until last night is now out of a job. President Trump fired acting attorney general Sally Yates yesterday. Yates wrote in a letter to Justice Department lawyers that she would not enforce Trump's travel ban because she was not convinced the executive order was consistent with the department's obligation to seek justice and stand for what is right. However, the White House says Yates betrayed the Justice Department by refusing to defend the executive order it says was designed to protect Americans. Yates has been replaced by Dana Bente, who will serve as the acting attorney general until Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions is confirmed by the Senate. I think they have a Senate committee vote on Sessions today, and confirmation could be on the table at the end of the week. Yes, senators are going to be very busy with that. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. All right, how about a pseudo feel-good story. Oh, I think we could use one of those. A lot of heavy news this morning, you know, so any kind of a respite, I'm sure, would be welcome. Well, this has got a little bit of everything. Unfortunately, it has the bad that comes along with the good. Well, let's do it. California police are trying to find a lemonade stand thief while also helping the two young victims. They say someone swiped the lemons, $10 in cash, and a stuffed toy giraffe. From a stand set up by a nine-year-old girl and her friend. And if you remember, a couple well, you know, months, I mean, a lemonade stand. And remember, we, a couple of months ago, we had talked about two guys getting into an argument with two little kids about how much lemonade was poured in their cup. Yes, they got mad, so they took the cup of money, fifteen dollars, yeah. and an iPad. Yeah, this is right up that alley. The girls had briefly gone into the house where the stand was set up. But when word of the theft got out, Bud officers, dispatchers, the police union collected $50 for the girls. A Toy Works toy store gave them another stuffed animal. A customer kicked in another $20. And Whole Foods donated a crate of lemons. Well, that's a sweet end of that story. I kind of like that. Did they get the thieves or not? They're still looking for the thieves. But the girls were able to walk away with uh, $60 more than what they started with, a new toy, and a crate of lemons. Sounds like they made some lemonade out of a lemon. Yay! Yaffy! He doesn't get up too early. No, he doesn't. That's exactly (laughs) right, man. That's what that phrase was made for. That's yes, story. Was. Yeah, Good absolutely. Stuff, Meister. And finally, a Silicon Valley company says its new wearable device can help people de-stress and reach their emotional well-being goals. 
The Feel Wristband, which is made by Palo Alto's Sentio, is a high-tech bracelet that tracks emotions throughout the day. Sensors in the band uh, record wearers' movements, skin temperatures, electrodermal activities, and heart rates. The biodata is then plugged in through an algorithm that computes the day's feelings. An app pairs with the wristband and offers meditation and stress-reducing tips based on the data. Right now, pre-orders are $149 for the feel band. But well, once- there goes the stress level through the roof. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. What the heck? Wait, once the wearable <laughs> is on the market, yeah. the price is going to go up 50 bucks to $199. Uh, oh, supply and demand. We love the free market. <laughs> yeah, we do, but not uh, not doing so much for de-stressing. I, yeah, I'm getting stressed out on the price tag there. That's interesting. It's crazy. Thanks, Deb. You're welcome, bud. Deborah Roberts with the news, top of the bottom of the hour, and whenever it breaks, Yaffe in the control room, and Michael is screening calls, and in a moment we're going to focus on... How NBC may be trying to outfox Fox. You see what's going on over there? Have you seen what's going on over at NBC? The head of news over there, Andy Lack, has managed to lure away two of Fox's primetime players. Greta Van Susteren, who I've never thought is really all that great, But she's gone over to NBC now, and she's got her own show in the evening. The big hit, though, was landing Megyn Kelly. Okay? And um, she is going to be taking over, reportedly, the third and fourth hour of the Today Show every day from 9 until 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, She's also going to have a a Sunday talk show, probably to compete with... um, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Meet the press is or is I don't know what they're going to do because that's an NBC product as well. But at any rate, um, the word from media insiders are that president of NBC News Andy Lack wants NBC to become the next Fox News, and he's out Fox Fox by getting two of their stars. Okay, and um, and that there may be more to come, but that they actually want at NBC for the network to take a more conservative tone. He believes he is building MSNBC and NBC into the next Fox. They also say that one of their uber-liberal MSNBC anchors, Joy Reid, who makes me absolutely crazy when I watch her, is on the chopping block working without a contract. Trust me, having been in that business, in the news business, if you don't have a contract, you're in really serious trouble, and there's a message being sent there, unless you're the reason why you haven't signed off for some reason. But what are they going to do, Yaffe, with the likes of Uber left-winger Rachel Maddow, who anchors MSNBC's primetime coverage at 9 o'clock and is supposedly their big star, and this lefty uh, Chris Hayes, and the likes of Chris Matthews with his lame hardball, Andrea Mitchell, and all the rest of them over there. I don't know what they're going to do with them. How in the world can you have a brand with an identity for the audience if you've got the likes of those people on the air with a bunch of conservatives still to come at NBC? I wonder how that's going to work. Yeah, they would have to change how they brand it. I mean, right now they kind of brand it as a progressive news source. I guess now they would have to, you know, say they do both sides. I don't know. It's very interesting. I was very shocked by this. It's interesting to me, though, in Megyn Kelly and in and in Greta Van Susteren, 
You don't have two people that I've always thought were at all rock-solid conservative. Conservative light at the best, okay? And it's interesting, on Fox, the replacement for Megan Tucker Carlson has, like, close to double her ratings. And he is a rock-solid, tough-as-nails conservative and the best doggone interviewer I've seen on television, and I can't remember when. He is lighting it up over there. It looks like Fox is going to hang on to the conservative franchise here. It'll be very interesting to see whether NBC can pull this off and become the next Fox and lure away Fox um, uh, 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 listeners, viewers. I don't think so, based on what I'm seeing. I don't think Greta is a big draw. And and Megan's not going to be on prime time. I think she wants to be home with the kids. Who cares if she's doing something at 9 o'clock in the morning and a Sunday talk show? I don't care about that. Yeah, it's going to be tough, especially with like Fox doing so well with Tucker, who's doing well e- even in younger demographics. And and O'Reilly is still lights out. Yeah. Brett Baer is terrific. They're in good shape. I mean, I, I get what they're trying to do because Fox is so incredibly successful. And they, they're like, hey, maybe we should do something similar and be successful as them, but, I mean, who knows? It's going to be difficult for them if they're going to transition. You know who else impresses me? They've brought uh, Martha McCallum out of uh, Mornings with Bill Hemmert for the first 100 days show of the Trump administration. Right. I think she's doing a tremendous job. Very, very appealing. Much more appealing, in my opinion, than Megan Kelly, who was their supposed high-paid really? superstar. Oh, yeah. Stronger, wow. horse, stronger horse, in my opinion. And much more likable and watchable. Interesting. Yep. That, yep. That's a big. That's a that's a bold statement there, bud. I think it's true. That's how I see it. Um, now, uh, oh, before we get to the rush morning update in a third power packed hour and catch up with what Trayvon Martin's parents are doing, nearly five years since um, the George Zimmerman Trayvon Martin story. Good morning, Orlando. It's seven fifty-six. Here's the Bud Man and the Devmeister Yaffe and Michael here. And good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. We're on WFLA News Radio one hundred two five FM. Still on AM five forty and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Download the iHeartRadio app. You will absolutely love it. Um, we're going to catch up with the parents of Trayvon Martin. It's nearly five years since Trayvon Martin got into an altercation with George Zimmerman, Zimmerman shot him dead after Trayvon Martin was beating his head into the sidewalk and George Zimmerman said he feared for his life. George Zimmerman, you'll recall, the next year in 2013, was acquitted of all charges, including the big one, second-degree murder. It was self defense. George Zimmerman was legally within his rights to do what he did. Well, the whole Trayvon Martin thing is directly connected to movements like Black Lives Matter. And his parents have continued to be out in the forefront in public, but never more so than now. They have a new book that is published today, that is focused on Trayvon Martin and all that went down surrounding the trial and the verdict and the protests that followed. And they also have some political ambitions, lofty ones, which have been revealed. Stay with me. We will get into that here uh, at the top of the next hour. we got a lot more to do as well. We'll get back on the Trump train for you because there's an awful lot going on there. If you've been with us all morning, you know we continue to revisit all that's going on here uh, with the Trump administration. 
Now, in in the meantime, coming up, we got Deborah Roberts with our news updated here on the acting attorney general being fired, appropriately as I told you, over the president's executive order on immigration. And Florida Attorney General Pam, Pam Bundy, who has been a big Trump backer, weighs in also on the Trump executive order on immigration. It is all ahead, and we are so glad you've joined us. we got a power pack, final hour to go from 8 until 9, and we wouldn't want to do it without the best audience in talk radio. 7.59 here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. We are glad you're with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Good morning, Orlando. So glad you are with us here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour on a Tuesday edition of the show for Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Updated on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. Good morning. I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, a new acting attorney general is in place after Yates was fired and Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi weighs in. We'll have the details in one minute. And catching up with Trayvon Martin's parents next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning. It's 8.02 on News Radio 102.5. Dana Bente is the nation's new acting attorney general after President Trump fired Sally Yates for refusing to defend his controversial executive order on immigration. He'll serve in the role until Jeff Sessions is confirmed by the Senate. In a statement, the White House says Yates, quote, betrayed the Department of Justice for refusing to enforce a legal order designed to protect the citizens of the United States, end quote. But Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer is praising Yates, saying she was trying to hold the White House accountable. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, 16 attorneys general have voiced opposition to the president's immigration executive order. One of them from Washington state has filed a lawsuit against the measure. But Florida's Pam Bondi is defending Trump's immigration policy. The president already said he feels extreme compassion towards these immigrants. But what he's his job as commander in chief of the United States of America is to protect America first and foremost. And while Washington has become the first state to sue the Trump administration over the president's executive order restricting refugees and immigration. It likely won't be standing alone for long. New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman says lawyers are having, quote, an awakening regarding the Trump administration. And there's all kinds of news on the overloaded Trump train that is coming at us at the speed of light. And we'll get back into that later in this hour, Deb. All right. President Trump unveils his pick for the U.S. Supreme Court tonight. Trump is scheduled to make an announcement at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Trump touted his pending choice while making some brief remarks at the White House. A person who is unbelievably highly respected. And I think you will be very impressed with this person. Trump will be nominating a successor to conservative Justice Antonin Scalia, who died last February. Former President Obama nominated Merrick Garland to replace Scalia, but Senate Republican leaders refused to consider the veteran federal judge during a presidential election year. And this just in, uh, President Trump also will not overturn an Obama order that had offered LGBT workplace protections. So that will stay in place. Very, very interesting. And also interesting that the president, President was aware that he would be making his announcement exactly in concert with the start of Yaffe's primetime show on WFLA, Beyond Reason, tonight at 8 o'clock. Oh, that's on tonight? Absolutely. And oh. so so the president knows where the big audience is. Yep, yep. I mean, he might say it's a coincidence, but do we really believe that? Never. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, come your, on. Your show's on from 8? 8? 8 to 10 p.m. tonight. 
taking calls and text messages as well. Yeah, so we'll we'll cover it live. We'll we'll, we'll go to if he says anything, we'll go to it. Right. Awesome. And indeed, he will. He says at eight o'clock yeah, tonight. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, to kick off primetime Yaffe Beyond Reason at eight o'clock on WFLA. Deb, definitely check it out. Our big story from yesterday. Here's a follow up. The French Canadian University student charged with killing six Muslim men during evening prayers at a Quebec City mosque is known for far right nationalist views and a support of the French rightist party led by Marine Le Pen. 27-year-old Alexandra Bissonnette was charged Monday with six counts of first-degree murder and five counts of attempted murder in what Canada's prime minister calls an act of terrorism against Muslims. In local news, a physics teacher is accused of getting a little too physical with a student. Lyman High School teacher Wilbur Delacruz is accused of putting a student in a headlock and dragging him down some stairs last week. There's no word on what led to the incident. Dela Cruz has been with the school in Longwood since 2003 and is also taught at Oviedo and Lake Howell High Schools. And finally, I know this is going to frost the Bud Man's Flakes. Oh, good. Here we go. Come on, it's already <laughs> freezing out. Now you're going to frost my flakes further. What do you got well, here, Deb Meister? Or I could make the top of your head blow off from the steam. So I could be, <laughs> okay. I could be warming you up oh, either way. Oh, man, I am I'm braced here. Yep. What do you got? A student essay. Asking kids in Westport, Connecticut to describe the impact white privilege has had on their lives is upsetting some residents in the ritzy shoreline town. Really? 72-year-old resident Barry Reiner says the question is offensive because Westport welcomes anyone who can afford to live there. Members of the town's diversity council, never thought a town would ever have a diversity council, which organized the contest says they've gotten online comments from as far away as Singapore. Oh, lovely. You're making my head hurt. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Breaks frosted. See, I can't even talk. It's so cold. <laughs> Flakes frosted. <laughs> You're welcome. WFLA <laughs> News Time 807. Watch as Arnold Schwarzenegger calls Donald Trump's immigration order crazy. Online now at 1025wfla.com. Of course, he taking over for The Apprentice. Yeah, my, my wife said that, that Arnold's starting to grow on her. Really? I said, what, like a fungus? And she <laughs> says, no, he's actually not as bad as I thought he was at first. <laughs> and that, of course, you're, is You're what, terminated is, yeah, is a version of you're fired, is right? Is it? Is that? Because I, I haven't so. seen it. I don't watch it. So I don't know if he's still using the catchphrase of you're fired. But chances are with, you know, Sally Yates out, the president's going to have lots of opportunities to use that. I think he will. I think he will exercise it freely. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Well, February 26th. This winter, believe it or not, it'll be five years since Trayvon Martin was shot to death by George Zimmerman, okay? We all know the story. We all know that the verdict was in George Zimmerman's trial. He was on trial for second-degree murder, and he was acquitted. Now, President... uh, (laughs) Trayvon Martin's... I can't do this with Frosted Flakes. You see that I can't talk? I can't think, Deb Meister. You got me going on that thing. Anyway, Trayvon Martin's parents are out with a new book that hits stands today, and they have revealed something very interesting about what they envision for themselves in the future, as you will hear in a moment. Sorry for the rocky start. I'll get better, I hope. We'll have all of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. 
caught my attention when uh, I saw that USA Today had conducted an interview with Sabrina Fulton and Tracy Martin, the parents of the late Trayvon Martin, who at age 17, five years ago this February 26th, was shot to death in Sanford in an altercation with neighborhood watch zealot George Zimmerman, who was then charged with second-degree murder and put on trial. The verdict was rendered in the summer of 2013, about 18 months later, and the jury found George Zimmerman not guilty. He was acquitted of second-degree murder. But it's been curious to me that ever since Zimmerman, who's been certainly guilty of bad behavior repeatedly, although we're not hearing or seeing much of him now, which is probably a good thing, he ultimately is the good guy in this, but it's never been cast that way. It came to light that Trayvon Martin was not the sweet little boy that he was, we were being sold on, that he was involved in in, in crime in South Florida, he was in uh, involved in, uh, in in using marijuana, that he kind of turned into a thuggish teenager at age 17, a big strapping guy. And um, he's kind of become a hero uh, to black America. And a victim, his parents will tell you, of senseless gun violence, even though the jury determined... That George, this was a self-defense case. It didn't bring up the controversial stand your ground. It was a it was it was presented as a self-defense situation. That George Zimmerman did what he needed to do, fearing for his own life to save his life. When after he had been trailing Trayvon Martin through the neighborhood in the evening, thinking he was acting suspiciously, cutting in behind people's yards, between yards, etc. Trayvon Martin hid and then jumped him, got on top of him, and was pounding his head repeatedly into the concrete of the sidewalk. George Zimmerman took out a gun he was licensed to carry and fearing for his life shot once and killed Trayvon Martin. But Zimmerman's always been always been sold as the bad guy in this. But really, I hate to say as tragic as it is to lose a teenager. And I can understand how the parents ache here. The jury said George Zimmerman was not the bad guy here. And there's lots of evidence that Trayvon Martin was not the wonderful, sweet teenager we'd been, we'd been sold. The jury sorted it all out and justice was done. Well, now Sabrina Fulton and Tracy Martin, who divorced when Trayvon was four but are still his parents, have been interviewed by USA Today about their new book about Trayvon and also have some political ambitions. And let me take a very brief break right now before we share that sound with you. And when you hear this and about their political ambitions, they're certainly free to run for office. I mean, they have lofty political ambitions. I'm wondering what would have happened if George Zimmerman had published a book and announced he was running for office. I mean, I, I can only imagine that he would be vilified, there would be protests, Sharpton and Jackson would be back. Okay? Even though he was acquitted of all charges. But no such reaction in the case of Trayvon Martin's parents. It's just an interesting curiosity to me. 
I, I really believe it would be just absolute pandemonium if George Zimmerman were out publishing a book about the Trayvon Martin situation and his altercation with him. And um, and if he announced he was running for office, how do you think that would play? 407-916-5400, um, text line 23680. I really want you to hear this excerpt from the USA Today uh, interview in just a second. So Sabrina Fulton and Tracy Martin, parents of the late Trayvon Martin, interviewed by USA Today about their brand new book that hits shelves today or bookstores today, Rest in Power, The Enduring Life of Trayvon Martin. And breaking some news along the way that they have political ambitions and considering running for elective office. Uh, That's something that I am considering um, for myself and also for Tracy, um, that we be a part of the change. And that's the only way we can be a part of the change is if we start with local government and we work our way up. But Trayvon Martin's parents made it clear that long term, listen to this, they're thinking much bigger than local office. Could go all the way to the White House. (laughs) I mean, there's no limitation. You start on the local level and and then you work your way up. And hopefully it'll take us to a place where we can hope, where we can help um, more than just local, more than just state, national. You know, that would be the focus. And I don't have a problem with that at all. It'll be interesting to see how all of that goes. They're certainly free to run for office like anybody else is in this country. No problem with that whatsoever. But it's interesting here. We've got a book that I'm sure is going to cast their son in a very favorable light. And they'd have no opportunity to run for local office, potentially in a realistic way, or even high public office, were it not for what happened to their son, Trayvon Martin. But keep in mind, he was not the good guy in this. And George Zimmerman was not the bad guy, as the court found when he was acquitted of second-degree murder. But what would happen if George Zimmerman came out with a book about that event? And what would happen if George Zimmerman put his hat in the ring to run for, say, city commission or county commission? What would happen? There'd be protests, there'd be chaos, the dust would never settle. But it's no problem from the other side. Interesting, isn't it? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. What do you think, Yaffe? Zimmerman runs for public office. He'll be wrecked by protest to the point where he won't even be able to speak. Of course. Of course. And if anybody protests um, the Martins' parents for running or anything, um, they'll be called racist. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't even know what any of their policies would be, what any of their ideas on governing or government are, really. So, I mean, why? Why? Well, I mean, and listen, um, uh, Sabrina Fulton got into it in the extended interview. I don't have time to play here. And it was pretty much big government liberal policies, you know, and, and yeah, pretty much, pretty much from the liberal side. Not, right. not, not, a, not a huge, not a huge surprise there. Let me squeeze in a call. Steve, you're in Orlando. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, bud. How are you this morning? Fine, thank you. What do you got? Great. Well, you know, if George Zimmerman had written a book, you're absolutely right. There would be protests in the street. Everybody would go crazy. But as you know, and... You know, hands up, don't shoot shows that, you know, the truth does, does not matter. Um, and know, hands up, don't shoot was not the truth in Ferguson. We know that with Michael Brown. Ab- absolutely. And neither was the portrayal of the, the incident yeah. that happened here between George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin. You know, unfortunately, somebody died during it. But quite frankly, you know, you had two people that both made bad decisions. 
and unfortunately this was the result. But you're right, I don't see either one of them as being angels. I just wish the parents would at least be honest um, rather than, you know, trying to portray their son as, as some angel. I mean, it's not the reason he was here in Orlando. She couldn't handle him there in Miami and sent him here. Exactly. Yep. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate talking with you. Well, President Donald Trump didn't have to look far for the right phrase, did he, last night? And he used it. Yes, he did. Who would have known all of those years being head of the Apprentice franchise would lead to such easy writing? You're fired. (laughs) Absolutely. President Donald Trump has gotten rid of acting Attorney General Sally Yates after the holdover from the Obama administration publicly questioned the constitutionality of Trump's refugee and immigration ban and refused to defend it in court. Trump quickly replaced Yates with Dana Bente, a longtime federal prosecutor in Virginia. He was sworn into the office last night and says he will defend the ban. It's interesting. Um, The president issued a statement, but apparently he also gave her a handwritten note dismissing her. I don't know whether it said you're fired. I haven't seen that yet. But, wow. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Get your hands on that note, huh? No, personal touch. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it also came with a basket of mini muffins. <laughs> this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A San Francisco Bay Area family is burned out of their home for a while because of hash browns. Yeah, I headlined this story here, yeah. and I'm not I'm not aware of what went on here. This is scary stuff. It's very scary stuff, and it's a reminder. You know, Fairfield firefighters say a woman had hash browns cooking in oil on the stove when she left the kitchen to check on her young son, something, you know, so many parents with young kids, you just, there's so much to do. While she was out of the room, though, the oil caught fire and set fire to the kitchen cabinets. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but the house has about 55 thousand dollars in damage now closer to home a candle sparked a fire that injured a woman and engulfed a home early today in orange county of the two people who were in the home when the fire broke out one was burned and taken to a hospital to be treated for minor injuries firefighters also say a dog was able to escape the home uninjured and is being cared for by a neighbor Speaking of food, yeah. for a chef who's filleted and flambéed in some of Europe's top restaurants, planning a dinner party for two dozen people shouldn't present a real issue, right? No, you know, I wouldn't imagine. Easy peasy. Unless that dinner party happens to be nearly 18,000 feet in the air. Whoa. That's just one of the challenges faced by James Sharman as he prepped for a gourmet meal at Mount Everest Base Camp in December, an endeavor attempted at least once before but abandoned when the chef took ill with altitude sickness. Yeah, you can hardly breathe up there, and that's the world's highest mountain on the way to the summit at 29,000 feet, 18,000 feet, freezing cold, thin air. Yeah, it would affect your cooking, your breathing, your eating. Oh, yeah. It affects helicopters. But not only did Charmin and his team, so that's the, the physical challenges, but Charmin and his team also had to learn in general about Nepalese delicacies. What are Nepalese delicacies? Well, the country of Nepal. Yes. Right? That's yes. where Mount Nepal, Everest is. Yep. Well, we've got goat spinal cord. Didn't think cord. I knew that, did you? Oh, no, I knew you knew that. <laughs> okay. Master's degree. All right. All right. But uh, those delicacies mm. include goat spinal cord and yak yogurt. Oh, nasty. Well. Is that what we're having? Uh, I don't While know. While we're gasping for life <laughs> at 18,000 feet? <laughs> That you wouldn't leave a tip at that dinner party. (laughs) 
Well, they also had to figure out how to keep the food fresh during the nine-day trek to base camp and how to set up an entire kitchen and dining area on the icy landscape. The 15 or so paying guests for the Everest Shindig, which Charmin calls humbling, coughed up $1,050 for accommodations and food during the 14-day experience. But I got to say, being able to say you had a dinner party on Mount Everest is more than worth $1,050. Oh, absolutely right. That's a conversation piece for the rest of your life. Yaffe, what about that uh, goat spinal cord? Throw a little hot mm, sauce on that and yeah. you're good to go, right? <laughs> well, yeah, with hot sauce, yes, of course. <laughs> Throw a little hot sauce on anything and you're good to go. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> you, you figured me out. <laughs> we have. You know, and I'm not really sure. I know yak is the animal that the yogurt is made from, but to me it kind of sounded like a description of the yogurt. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're having too much fun. Oh, no, you can I never know. have too much fun. How about we have even more and play the sound judgment game next? Ooh, awesome. Yeah, and a run up to the Super Bowl. We got a little bit of a flavor of it coming up here, and we got nice prizes up for grabs, Deb Meister. We don't have enough flavor with you and your Patriots fandom. Well, well, there's a little bit of that. Uh, there's a little of that Tom Brady thing going on. Here oh, I got it. Because go. I get to decide what goes in sound. And judgment. it totally killed her mood. Oh, I gotta with that. go. I know. I know. Look I gotta her. go. Yak. <laughs> Completely soured on me. Yak. <laughs> Just like yak yogurt. Ay <laughs> Here we are. Good morning, Orlando. For better or for worse, and I'm not sure which right now. For the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Run WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Sound judgment contestants, hop on the 50,000 watt front porch. We'll play next. 407 916. 5,400 prizes up for grabs. Time for the Daily Sound Judgment Game. Michael, let's talk about what's up for grabs for our contestants today. We got another two for today, and our toll-free line is still open. So call now for your chance to win your copy of Greatest Landscapes. Stunning photographs that inspire inspire and astonish from National Geographic. Available now in bookstores everywhere. Plus, it's a big coffee table book. It is really something. Beautiful book. And uh, not only that, but you'll also get a Beyond Reason Radio and 1025 WFLA News Radio prize pack from one majestic nature landscape to the next. This is an iconic collection of National Geographic's photography and the world's most beautiful locations paired with illuminating insights from celebrated photographers This beautiful book weaves a vibrant tapestry of images that the readers will turn to again and again. And that Beyond Reason prize pack is full of Yaffe paraphernalia because Beyond Reason is his primetime show. I know you're going to be on tonight. We'll have more on that in just a moment, but it's really cool stuff you're not going to find anywhere else. And I think it includes our 2016 election t-shirt. That is correct. Yeah, good stuff. We're ready to go. 407-916-5400 if you want to play. As New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady bids to win a record-breaking fifth Super Bowl this Sunday, his four-game deflate-gate suspension at the beginning of the season still sticks in the craw of everyone associated with the team and everyone who roots for the Patriots, including me. Well, listen now to some sound from a big-time Brady booster. Then use your sound judgment to tell me who this is talking. 
He went on a witch hunt and got in way over his head and had to lie his way out numerous ways. And, and the, the reality is Tommy never got suspended for deflating footballs. He got suspended because the court said that he could, Roger Goodell could do anything that he wanted to do to, for, to any player for any reason whatsoever. That's a big Tom Brady fan. You can win our prizes if you can tell me who that is talking. Let's go to our line two contestant. Go ahead, line two. It's Daddy. Say it again. It's Daddy. You're absolutely right. Tom Brady Sr. Yeah, he was letting it rip. And Tom now says he's put a ban on his dad talking in the run-up to Super Bowl. And uh, did we lose him? Have we lost him? And he hung up those great prizes. All right. Uh-huh. You know what? I'm going to give away a prize here. I hate it when people do that. You think he just hung up? I, we're going to give somebody an opportunity to win. Is there anybody left on the line? I want to give away the prize. Go ahead, line three. Have you been listening? Yes, sir. Who won it? Who is it? His dad. Tom Brady Sr. I'm giving away the prizes yes. just because I can. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, there you go. How about your first name? We'll send you a note of congratulations. Uh, Charlie. Charlie, where are you from, buddy? Uh, Orlando. Good town, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. You're rooting for uh, the Patriots or the Falcons in the Super Bowl? Oh, the Patriots. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I love the Patriots. Charlie, don't yes, go sir. away. We are going to put you in touch with uh, Michael Offair, and you are going to win those prizes. How about that? Yaffe, I take note of the fact that a lot of folks across this country don't share my love for the Patriots and don't want them to win on right. Sunday. Right. Yep. There's a new poll by Public Policy Polling that found um, 27% of respondents, only 27% want the Patriots to win. Really? 53% are pulling for the Falcons. No kidding. You know what? That's a leftward-leaning poll, public policy. We talk <laughs> oh, about that, it in that, politics? That's what it is. It's his, it's their politics. A natural prejudice against the greatest right-handed quarterback in history. That's what's going on here, Yappy. I'll have uh -huh. none of it. I see. I'll have so you none think, of it. So you, so you think the country wants Tom Brady to win? Of course. Don't you all? Is there anybody out there who doesn't want, want, want the great Tom Brady to be Super Bowl champion for a fifth time? I can't even imagine. I'm, I'm not even going to even take any calls on that. I'm not even going to think about that prospect. You'll be able to hear the live announcement of the Trump Supreme Court pick tonight. Donald Trump doesn't miss a trick, Yaffe. He knew where the big radio audience was, so he comes on at 8 o'clock tonight, just as you come on the air on WFLA with your primetime show. Yes, indeed, and we will cover it tonight and get your reaction as well. And, of course, I will react, and I'll tell you if it's beyond reason or not. Hopefully it will be a good pick. I think it will be. Uh, I think it's either going to be um, conservative appeals court judge Neil Gorsuch or appeals court judge conservative Thomas Hardiman. Uh, William Pryor is in the mix. Diane Sykes is in the mix. I think it'll be one of the first two that I mentioned. As we say, the Trump train just continues to roar along uh, down the tracks, I think headed at high speed toward a better future for the people of this country, even those who don't like Donald Trump right now. Um it's amazing all he has accomplished in the first 10 or 11 days since he's been president. There's never been anything like this, and it doesn't seem to take anything out of him. He seems he's indefatigable how hard he works, um, and, and, and I think it was absolutely what he had to do. 
I mean, he runs the executive branch. He is the boss. You cannot have an acting attorney general saying your your order on 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 immigration and the travel ban on a temporary basis is something that I think may be illegal, and I might want to, um, you know, I, I will fail to support it. That's what Sally Yates said, and he fired her on the spot, uh, brought in a guy to bridge the gap until we get uh, sessions in, and um, and we may have a Senate uh, committee vote on Attorney General nominee sessions today. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it works. I mean, she has the right to do it, but he has a right to fire her. Absolutely right. Yep, and um, he knows how to say you're fired, as we well know. (laughs) Yep, Uh, and also he has signed an executive order that I think is a huge deal, and you agree with me on this, that any time a federal agent in these days of bloated and growing government wants to add another regulation, if they want to do it, they have to cut two regulations in the process. That's a terrific innovation, and it needs to be done. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, I mean, when you have thousands and thousands of pages of regulations coming out every year, there's no doubt that that's going to have a negative effect on the economy. And many of those are not needed, and they need to be gotten rid of. Absolutely. So I, I agree with it. Also, um, it is reported that either in an executive order, perhaps today, or folded into a larger package um, of, of things he wants to do, that he is going to pull the plug on the United States being a part of the Paris Climate Change Accords, all right, the global warming nut jobs, okay, and 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 he's going to get us out of that, and so that is the next thing perhaps to come. Well, and that's another one of those things that'll affect the economy for sure. Yeah, absolutely right, absolutely right. Now he, we just need Congress to start getting to work on some things like repealing Obamacare. You know, it's interesting. There's going to be a battle. I agree on that, but there's also going to be a battle over the Supreme Court pick. And you remember when um, when Chuck Schumer, who's the top guy for the uh, for the Democrats in the Senate, you know, I mean, he's going to fight this thing tooth and nail and even more. You remember when when he cried over the executive order the other day? Remember when he cried and then Trump said there were fake tears? He's now calling him fake tears Schumer (laughs) in a tweet. So, I mean, you know, at some point he might need him on his side, but it doesn't seem to bother Trump very much. It depends if the Republicans use the nuclear option and suspend the filibuster rule, which Democrats have done in the past. So. Yeah, so you need only 51 versus 60 votes, okay? Uh, very, very interesting. We talked about this from all angles. And by the way, uh, there is a conservative group that has a $10 million fund ready to go to put ads out and pressure Democrats in states where Trump won, okay, who are up for tough re-election bids in 2018. And the point's going to be, Do you want to go along with Schumer and company, or do you want to stay in the United States Senate? So there was that angle as well. Always a pleasure to be with you on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thanks for dropping by as we come to you daily from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And we're on WFLA News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Catch you tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.